here at Focus on the Family, our counseling team takes a lot of phone calls. And one of the most common, really significant struggle in life has to do with pornography. And a lot of folks who call us um, have been at a place of um, just denials, thinking, I could never tell anyone what's going on. But when they bring that pattern, that habit, to the light, uh, God does some remarkable healing. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin Smalley. They lead our marriage team. And Greg, this is something that needs to be talked about um, for those who are listening that have never shared a struggle with pornography with their spouse. Should they start there or is there maybe a different place to go? Yeah, as long as the goal is that I'm for sure going to talk to my spouse about this, I actually would encourage someone to go to a, a, a very safe mentor, a safe friend, a counselor, as a way to actually practice. Rehearse. Which, yeah, really, it's, huh. a, it's a rehearsal to, to share. Because what can happen is that you can get good feedback. Maybe, you know, you seem super shifty or you're not really given good details or I'm confused by what you're telling me or it sounds like you're blaming your spouse by the way you're saying this. And, and so I think it can be a very, very healthy thing as long as that it's a safe person. In other words, someone who's going to hold that in confidence, but also hold you accountable to, to making sure, hey, Greg, have you now had that conversation with Aaron? So I think it's the, the goal is to I have been doing this deceptively or this has been a secret sin. I want to break all that. So to, to have an opportunity to, to really to practice through some of this can be a very, very productive conversation. Again, I can't predict how Aaron might respond or react to me, but definitely gives me an opportunity to think through, how do I really want to honestly tell her what was going mm, on? Yeah. What are my goals yeah. for telling her? Because right. that's a difficult conversation. It's easy to get thrown yeah. off track completely. And I would say absolutely find someone who's safe. And is going to be able to sit with you, hear you. And I mean, you only know that if you've been through things with them before and shared hard things with them before and they've been able to hang their, hang in there with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're dealing with a full-blown addiction, like you, you can see it's like controlling this is, your life. yes, this yeah. is absolutely impacting, you know, different areas of my life. Then go to a therapist, yeah. a licensed Christian counselor who knows how to help you even begin thinking about having that conversation. Yeah. Well, this obviously is a very serious topic, and uh, Jim Daly and I spoke about it with Rosie McKinney. She is passionate about helping couples find freedom from pornography. Let's go ahead and listen. You have an example of Gideon. Yeah. Uh, explain that, how this circumstance uh, applies to Gideon's experience. I love the story of Gideon. Be especially because he was actually visited by an angel. He knew he was working for um, the Lord when he told him to pull down this um, the Asherah pole mm -hmm. and where they were worshipping Baal. He was instructed. He saw an angel. He knew what he'd got to do. So what did he do? He went at night because he didn't want anybody to know that he'd done it. Isn't that just us? Mm. You know, God doesn't need us to be perfect. He knows that we're going to be shaky and weak need, but that's okay. It's through our weakness that he displays his strength and his glory. So it's okay 
to be wobbly. It's okay. And then he took, so he went and did it at night, and then he took it down, he chopped down this Asherah pole that they were all worshipping at, and he used it to create a fire that he then um, used as a sacrificial offering. So he took down what was being used to glorify Satan to actually glorify God. Uh-huh. And that's what we're doing here. That's why I'm, you know, here publicly you know, sharing what was one of the most potentially shameful things about me or my family and my husband. But I'm here to say, this is such a Christian witness and why I believe that the greatest threat to the cause of Christ, which is pornography, could be our greatest tool of evangelism. Mm. We don't have an incredible Christian witness because we don't have a pornography problem. We have a great Christian witness because we acknowledge that we do, but we have a powerful savior who can turn it all around. Hmm. And that's gonna draw people. People want the help. They want this out of their marriage. Women are desperate. Men are desperate. Yeah, and I mean, your experience is is right there in front of everyone, and your book explains that, what you and Mark went through. Let me uh, address the secrets. You alluded to that, this idea that secrets are unhealthy in marriage. Uh, You maybe not have to go into all your details of being a teenager or 20 something, but the idea that, you know, when you're withholding things because of shame or because of um, consequences that you might face, describe that and why you need to keep secrets out of the marriage. Well, this is the whole hub, the whole nub, should I say, of addiction. It's the secrets. You And why guys who want to, uh, who try desperately to defeat this on their own, they say, well, I confess, I confess in my prayer closet. It's like, uh uh-uh, you know, it's still a secret. You need to, you know, go vertically, you know, horizontal as well as vertically, because that's scriptural too. 1 John 1, 7, walk in the light Mm. as he is in the light. And then Jesus Christ, his son, will cleanse you from all sin. That is the whole foundation of recovery walk in the light you have to in order to kick this addiction you have to fully share who you are with other people Mm. and if you take it from a completely different perspective and they look at um, why people get addicted in the first place and it's all to do with uh, a trauma, attachment trauma that they've experienced because when they were hurting, there was no one there to soothe them. This is how we build attachment and build security. What happens in a group is they become that attachment figure. So you share who you really are, Mm -hmm. what you really think, what you've really done, what you're probably going to do on the way home and they still know you and they still love you. And then you put that together with the wife who now knows everything about you and you know everything about her because she's now sharing her heart that she's hidden for so long because she's so frightened. And uh, you are both walking in the light and it's it's enticing, it smells irresistible. I really do think recovery is- It's irres- freedom. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and other people yeah. go, our bar- we have a community. My husband's a CSAP, a certified sexual addiction therapist. And so we have now created a community of recovering, you know, couples. The freedom at those barbecues is incredible. And the fellowship, because you can go, you know, people you've just met, you can go deep so quickly because no one is hiding. Right. It's beautiful. It's what church should be. Aaron, as Rosie mentioned, uh, recovery groups can be very, very helpful. Uh, What about the person who has already confessed that they struggle with pornography, but 
their spouse uh, wasn't safe about it. Um, mm. They've been hurt now. I mean, I, you just shut me down. I can't say anything about this. Now what do I do? Yeah, it's recognizing when you go to have that conversation, and that's why it's so helpful to kind of have that prelude with a safe person who can help you figure out what is my goal here. My goal is to share. My goal isn't to control how my spouse responds to what I'm sharing or reacts to what I'm sharing. Of course, they're going to be shocked and hurt and disappointed and all those things. But that absolutely can impact the person who's sharing. And so regardless of how your spouse responds or reacts, commit to seeking help, seeking healing and growth and support in a support group, regardless of how they respond or don't respond. However, then what I would say is there's going to be another season of needing to go back in probably into marriage counseling with a licensed Christian marriage counselor and having some time to do some repair work around when that happened, when I shared with you, you know, something so vulnerable and deep and tender and you didn't handle it in a safe way. Can we talk about that and go back and have a different conversation with the help? of a therapist. Well, that's good. And if you don't know where there's a therapist uh, nearby, please start with 800, the letter A in the word family. Give us a call here at the ministry. We have a terrific counseling team for kind of first step uh, conversations. And we have a network of trusted Christian counselors across the country. So um, we'd be happy to make a referral. You could find somebody nearby and have that ongoing counseling relationship. Again, our number, 800, the letter A in the word family. We also have a find a counselor tool on our website. All the details are in the show notes. And to hear more uh, from Rosie, to get her perspective, be sure to get a copy of her outstanding book, Fight for Love. Uh, We have that here at the ministry. We're listener supported. So please make a donation today, either a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount, maybe five, 25, $50 a month, uh, whatever it is, make that donation today and request your book. We'll send that out as our thank you for stepping up and joining the support team. The details for donating and getting resources are in the show notes. We'll hear more from Rosie next time. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller thanking you for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.